0: is to be found in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. You can find this on page 1067 in the Church Bibles. We're beginning to read at verse 43. John 4, verse 43. After the two days, Jesus left for Galilee... Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, "'Come down before my child dies.' "'Go,' Jesus replied. "'Your son will live.' The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, "'Yesterday at one in the afternoon,' The fever left him. Then the father realised that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Morning all, shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you spoke and creation came into being. Jesus, we thank you that you spoke and people's lives were transformed. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to us now that we ourselves may believe in the living God, speaking now, in this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, if you're visiting, to St. Swithin's. Some of us, quite a lot of us, have been away to a place called Lee Abbey in North Devon uh, last weekend, while Love Bath took place here. It was a wonderful time. Away. And we were hearing over that weekend from David Rowe about being a church without walls, about barriers being broken down. And amazingly, our reading is timed for Acts 10 today, where Peter and Cornelius meet each other. We know that Jesus came in order to save the world, to bring back everybody into relationship with God, but also with each other. And dividing walls of hostility should be broken down. Even when he was born, the angels proclaimed glory to God on the highest and peace to his people on earth. Heaven touching earth and things change, particularly in relationships. And we see here Cornelius, a Gentile, a Gentile, a Roman centurion, a military man. But we also read that he's seeking God. He's seeking God through prayer and through giving. And he is spoken to by an angel of the Lord. This is a Roman, a centurion, and a Gentile. He is spoken to by an angel of the Lord. Meanwhile, 30 miles down the coast, Peter is placed in a trance, a Mediterranean trance, obviously, as he's lying on this rooftop, just probably resting after the day's ministry. And he's given a vision while he sleeps, a vision of all kinds of different foods coming down in a blanket, most of which would be forbidden in the book of Leviticus. And yet God speaks through this dream and tells Peter to get up, to kill, and to eat. And in this passage of Acts 10, so many walls are tumbling down, between law and grace, between Jew and Gentile. And we come back to that towards the end of this sermon. But our series through the summer has been about hearing God. And today, it's hearing God through the extraordinary. When I was a curate in Reigate, I went to a prayer meeting. Curates sometimes do that. I wasn't really feeling that I wanted to, if truth be told. It was in another church, and I didn't really think many were going to be there. But towards the end somebody asked if they could pray with me. He felt God had given him a picture for me. And so he relayed what he believed, like Peter saw a sheep coming down, this person relayed what they felt God had given a picture for for me. And he said he saw a meadow, he saw an abundance of trees and a flowing stream. I thought he was saying I was going to die. Because it sounded like paradise to me. A few months later, Anne and I were on interview at Lee Abbey for the post of Chaplain. and We went to a house, Lower Lodge, just by the tea cottage, for one of our interviews. And as I sat in the room, I looked out of the window and saw a meadow. I saw an abundance of trees, and I heard a stream just passing under the window. We were sitting in Lower Lodge, which was become our future home. God had spoken to this man, a man I did not know, of the place he was preparing for me to assure us that this was his leading and that I had a sense that this was the Holy Spirit, God moving. God speaks and he speaks in extraordinary ways. When I was at Lee Abbey, having been appointed, I was doing prayer ministry and one day a man came up to ask for prayer. But before he could do that, he simply broke down and wept. I asked God to help me. And immediately, into my mind came a picture of a Royal Dalton vase. That happens when you pray, doesn't it? You get an instant picture of quality, obviously. Royal Dalton vase. It was beautiful. It was elegant. And then, I saw it broken in pieces upon a wooden floor. With trepidation, I shared this with the man who then told me this was a wedding present from a relative that he threw at the door as his wife left him and the the floor was wooden. No one else knew that that had taken place and he came to know that God knew and saw and heard him. A healing began that day Not sadly between the man and his wife who had gone, but between the man and God. In releasing all the anger and the bitterness the man had felt towards God. Of how messed up God had made his life. God speaks and he speaks in extraordinary ways. And Peter is having a peaceful moment up on a roof in Joppa. As many of us had peaceful moments at Lee Abbey looking out over the vista And an angel knows Peter is in Joppa and tells Cornelius to send someone to Joppa to get a man named Simon whose surname is Peter very specific, very clear. And Peter has a vision, a picture. And some people will understand this here and others will not. They will not see that God can speak through the vision, through image as it were, through pictures. I am a visual person. I'm a visual learner. I love to see. And God created a world. God spoke. And he said, let there be light. Let there be trees. Let there be teeming life under the sea. God spoke. This extraordinary power of God's voice speaks. And things happen. And God created a world that we could see. And God speaks to me through pictures. For often a picture can paint a thousand words. And remember God saw that all that he has made and it was good... So God sees and shows things to his servants that they might see. And Peter has been traveling among the Jews. He's encouraging them, teaching them, healing them, all in the name of Jesus the Messiah. He has been set free himself from prison. And we see the thrust of Luke in Acts as we read of the gospel being spread by Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch, the conversion of Saul to Paul, the effect that had on the church. He speaks to Ananias He speaks to Ananias to go to a man who's made it his life's work to kill Christians. And he tells Ananias, God, this extraordinary God who speaks to us, go to this man, Saul. I have a plan for him. I have a plan for him to build up my church. And amazingly, Ananias, listening to this extraordinary God, making extraordinary requests of him, is obedient. And he goes. And he goes and he prays for Saul, who, as we know, becomes Paul and changes the whole face of the church. God speaks, and he speaks in extraordinary ways. So in Acts 10, we see what may have been a barrier to the Gentiles, receiving the good news completely broken down. As Peter is told to eat of everything, not to call unclean what God has called clean. And later we would read that Peter goes to the home of Cornelius and he sits with him. And even going to the home of a Gentile is a massive breaking down of a wall for a Jew who would himself then become unclean because it was a sign of offering friendship. When we read in Luke 15 where Jesus himself went into the home of sinners and people outside muttered and questioned what Jesus was doing. And here we see Jesus' ministry reflected in the ministry of Peter who himself is going into the home of Cornelius, a Gentile. Someone one would believe would be far away from God. And yet we have to hear that God is speaking through his angels to Cornelius, not just through Peter, preparing the way. We have a God who speaks, and a God who speaks in extraordinary ways. And God will speak in extraordinary ways so that people come into a living relationship with him for he came to seek and to save that that was lost. It's a great theme of Luke's gospel that is now continued in the Acts of the Apostles. And we see that so clearly in this word lost that Jesus came to find the lost. Sometimes I lose things. I lose my keys. I blame everybody else. Somebody has moved them. Someone has moved my keys. And it's not that my keys are now in damnation and completely far off. They're just misplaced. They're just not where they are meant to be. And that's what this word loss means. It means there are people simply not knowing that they're not where they're meant to be. And God has spoken in an extraordinary way by sending his son into the world. And that son of Jesus Christ, he now continues to speak through his church. We are the church of Christ. We are the bride. And what did we hear at Lee Abbey? I asked someone at the service station on the way back as we g- poured off the coach. And this is what they replied. The last parish weekend at Lee Abbey was about homecoming. This was after we'd come together as the parish church from the three different centers. But we're still in the process of connecting This time, it was without walls, which said to me, we have now come together, we have connected. And we are being asked to go out and share that connectedness, that unity, that grace, share the things we have discovered ourselves in the riches of Christ. God speaks even in a service station on the M5. Amazing. We heard the story of Chris, a friend of David, the speaker, who was dying of cancer. And David felt this gnawing need to go be be with him. But this journey was some four hours away, as everything is from Devon, really, by car. And God speaks sometimes with that gnawing feeling that simply will not go away. Our souls are restless until we find our rest in thee, Augustine wrote. And sometimes we can be restless, even in our prayer life for somebody. And it's a prompt where somebody comes in and we're thinking, God speaks. God speaks in extraordinary ways, even through your stomach, where you get this gnawing feeling you're meant to do something. And on the way, David, traveling this four hours to see his friend who was dying of cancer, God said to him, give Chris these three words, let's be friends. As they met, David spoke of familiar subjects of football and the like, and then relayed what God had said to tell Chris. Tears flowed, and a relationship was renewed. Another powerful moment was hearing that every second someone dies without knowing the friendship of Jesus Christ. I can't click my fingers very well. Somebody can do it for me, but yeah. thank you so much, Miole. Every second. As the clock dings. Someone is dying without knowing Christ. It isn't somebody in Africa. It isn't somebody in China. It's somebody in Henrietta Street. It's somebody in the Royal Crescent. It's somebody in Snow Hill House. It's somebody in our church. Every second. In different ways, as we seek to go outwards from this home of grace to the places we live, to Snow Hill. And the letter today is all about how we can actually get involved in either financially or prayerfully supporting the work that's happening in Snow Hill. We can go out to the school. We can go out to the people we meet through opening our doors in the cafe, as we did last night with the concert here. We simply want to give the message to people, let's be friends, and let that friendship lead to a friendship with Jesus Christ. Saturday night at the crosses. As we see here, for me, was a wonderful moment. It's the picture where we see all ages, all backgrounds, all kinds of different people coming together at the cross. The cross is a level place, it is a level ground. Paul writes, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near. Brought near how? Through the blood of Christ. Their hostility. He came. He preached. He preached peace to you who were far away, Cornelius. And peace to those who were near, Peter. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners, Cornelius, Roman centurion, Gentile nor an alien, Peter, but together you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. This is the manifold wisdom of God, that God chooses to release and make visible through us as church. See how these people love each other. There are no walls between them, whether they are from Snow Hill or the Royal Crescent, whether they're from Oldfield Park, incredible place. There is no dividing wall, for we are rooted in the love of Christ. And then David told the story of going to a Premier League football match with his sons, Caleb and Jesse. They met a friend there who I think was called Lawrence, I'm not sure. And the usual greetings took place and then David noticed that Lawrence had a rucksack on his back. What's in there, he said. Is it lunch for all of us? Is it a few cans of beer? No, said Lawrence. I've got my football boots and my kit in case I'm called upon to play. David was aghast. This was the Premier League match, as if his friend Lawrence, slightly overweight probably, was ever, ever going to be asked to play a Premier League football. But the point was that Lawrence was ready And he was willing to play if he was called upon. He was ready and he was open to be used. And from then on, a new phrase was created on community. Have you got your boots? Have you got your boots? And as we move forward, open to hearing God. God who speaks in extraordinary ways. I wonder if we have our boots. Attentive. And available. That's how David summed it up. Are we attentive to God? Open to be surprised to how he may call upon us to play for the team? Are we available? I was talking to somebody else this week. Who reminded me that God spoke to a lot of people in the Bible who were old. Who were attentive. And who were still available. Extraordinary. Many older people believe God will not use them. Or that they've, they've been used enough. So they give up on being attentive to where God is asking them. Anna and Simeon were old and in the temple, waiting, waiting expectantly for God to speak. And he did. Others younger are seemingly not available. Life is so busy. The desk is unmanned this morning. There's no projection, there's no sound. Life is busy. It really is. I'm not blaming anybody here. I'm just saying a fact. But the challenge may be, what is it we are filling our lives with? For time is the space we fill with our choices. Time is the space we fill with our choices. Are your choices as a result of being attentive, Have you got your boots in spite of being busy? God speaks in extraordinary ways. And at the recent Pentecost praise, I felt God say, just ask people to go and pray with someone they feel led to pray for. It's hugely risky to do that. But I stepped out and God moved powerfully in a number of people because they were attentive, because they were available, And every first evening of the Sunday in the 6.30 service now will be that kind of service from September. And perhaps we will call it the attentive, available service, where we're open to hear from this extraordinary God who wants to speak into your life, be it with a Royal Dalton vase or a sheet coming down with all kinds of food. We need to be open to a God who speaks to us. God speaks. And as we read in Acts today, as we read throughout all of Luke's gospel, he was attentive, Jesus, to his Father, and wholly available to seek and to save all that was lost. Lost doesn't mean doomed to destruction. It means simply not in the right place. And God speaks, and he speaks in extraordinary ways. I went to St. Michael's this week with Henry to talk about Snow Hill with the Rural Dean Martin. And as I was there, I just saw this book, picture of the Pope. God speak in extraordinary ways. Speaking to me through the Pope, a barrier coming down, a tumbling wall for centuries. And of course, Domi has done a great deal of this in being a Catholic. Catholic all her life, still is, working in an evangelical church in Bath. We surely are a home of grace where all are welcome. All are welcome to offer their gifts. And the Pope, writes this, God speaks in extraordinary ways, the joy of the gospel fills the hearts and lives of all who encounter Jesus. Those who accept his offer of salvation are set free from sin, sorrow, inner emptiness and loneliness. With Christ, joy is constantly born anew. In this exhortation, I wish to encourage the Christian faithful to embark a new chapter of evangelization, marked by joy. The great danger in today's world, pervaded as it is by consumerism, is the desolation and anguish born of a complacent yet covetous heart, the feverish pursuit of frivolous pleasures, and a blunted conscience. Whenever our interior life becomes caught up in its own interests and concerns, there is no longer any room for others. No place for the poor. God's voice is no longer heard. The quiet joy of his love is no longer felt. And the desire to do good fades. And this is a very real danger for believers too. Many fall prey to it and end up resentful, angry and listless. That is no way to have a dignified and fulfilled life. It is not God's will for us nor is it the life in the Spirit which has its source in the heart of the risen Christ. I invite all Christians everywhere at this very moment to a renewed personal encounter with Jesus Christ, or at least an openness to letting him encounter them. I ask all of you to do this unfailingly each day, No one should think that this invitation is not meant for him or her, since no one is excluded from the joy brought by the Lord. The Lord does not disappoint those who take this risk. Whenever we take a step towards Jesus, we come to realize that he is already there, waiting for us with open arms. Are we expectant for God to speak in extraordinary ways the gospel he has come to proclaim through us? He proclaimed it to people far off like Cornelius. Where will he do that in Walcott, our parish? Where are we praying into those places where we long for God to speak in extraordinary ways? Why? So that people can be brought into relationship with the living God. Every wall, every barrier, Every hostility must be broken down so that everyone has a chance to come into this home of grace and trust their life, abandon their life to Jesus Christ as Lord, as Savior. Let's pray more. Become friends. Amen.
2: Thank you, Lord, that whoever we are, wherever we are, you wait for us with arms open wide. Help us to be attentive and available. Amen. Let's, as we come to share bread around the table, let's stand together and sing. He is the Lord. Let's stand. As we gather around the table, whoever we are. Let us remember that the Lord is here, His Spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give Him thanks and praise. It is right to praise You, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love, you made us for yourself. When we turned away, you did not reject us, but came to meet us in your Son. You embraced us as your children, and we welcomed us to sit and eat with you. In Christ, you shared our life, that we might live in him and he in us he opened his arms of love on the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice for sin. On the night that he was betrayed, at supper with his friends, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His body is the bread of life. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, drink this, all of you. This is the blood Of the new covenant which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me father we do this in remembrance of him his blood is shed for all as we proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory send your holy spirit that this bread and this wine might be to us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ, our risen Lord. With your whole church throughout the world, we offer you this sacrifice of praise and lift our voice to join the eternal song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Let us say together the the prayer the Lord taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so, we break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your heart by faith with thanksgiving. If you would like to receive non-alcoholic wine or gluten-free bread, please do a mention when you come to the front. So if those helping with communion would like to come...